the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height filling in here today for Mr. Ed Martin up front. He is with us for a couple of great guests, but I am taking over, taking over the show here this first segment and uh, might come back and join for the wrap-up. We'll see. Uh, We shall see. But before we go any farther, let me go ahead and remind you, head over to ProAmericaReport.com. Also, PhyllisSchlafly.com will get you there. Uh, You will find at ProAmericaReport.com all of our podcasts, all of the standalones, all of the uh, links and resources and audio in everything that we do here on the program you will find there after the fact. So if you want to go back and review it, go back and find a link and send it to a friend. Go back and grab a link to one of these awesome books or articles, columns uh, that are being referenced by their authors and Ed. Go and find it. ProAmericaReport.com. And most importantly, you can sign up for the email list. Sign up and we will send you every morning, first thing in the morning, the what you need to know email, the wink email. It is good. It's short. It's brief. It is packed with information. And I promise it will give you what you need to know for the day in fewer words than a lot of other emails out there. No offense to them. There's a lot of good people doing good morning newsletters. uh, But our goal is to give you something fast. You can read it and scan it in a few seconds or you could sit down for several minutes. So go sign up today. You won't be sorry. Uh, I promise you will not be sorry. You will use it every day, just like I do. Uh, Straight from Ed to you. Uh, so with all that under uh, our belts, uh, let me go ahead and say uh, we've got a couple of great guests today. Uh, we've got Ilan Braca and Joe Allen. Uh, it's going to be a really good show. We're going to cover a couple of really interesting topics today that I know uh, you will be interested in. Of course, the home market uh, is definitely something all of us are connected to. But AI, uh, AI, AGI, as artificial general intelligence, I'm excited to learn what that means. Uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing from uh, Mr. Braca and Mr. Allen today. A couple of really good guests and uh, a couple of really good topics, as always. But before we go any further, uh, we need to dive into the wink to this first segment where we tell you what you need to know, uh, the wink. And today is a bit of a doozy. Uh, It is recycling, I should say, an old topic that has come back up as reports are being released. But it really is an incredible window into the future of what we are dealing with, what we the people must fight. Uh, So let me lay it out to you this way. Here's, Here's what you need to know. Big government is handing out the label terrorist to any citizens who oppose them. 
You got that right. Big government's labeling you a terrorist if you're in opposition to their agenda. That's just, we, we have nothing left to assume, but that, that's what it is. That's where we are. That's what's happening. And let me tell you why I say that. We talked about this some months ago on the program when it uh, first came out. Actually, it's been close, closing in on a year ago now uh, when it was first revealed that the Richmond Field Office, you may recall, of the FBI had a memo that got leaked, uh, a memo they were circulating that showed their interest in traditional Catholics. I think that was the, the, the language, the phrasings. I have to go back and find it. I actually, I have this, the, this new report we're going to talk about pulled up in front of me, but I don't have the old FBI report. Uh, but they were reporting on traditionalist Catholics and so many millions of Catholic Americans as potentially, or, or was it potentially? I think they may have just outright labeled them as, as a high p- potential of being uh, domestic terrorists. Are you kidding me? One of the biggest global religions, the one of the oldest global religions, uh, the uh, a religion that accounts for millions and millions of Americans. What could possibly be more mainstream than the Catholic Church when it comes to a, uh, uh, America's religious institutions? I mean, really? And yet the FBI is considering, according to this memo that got leaked some time ago here from the Richmond Field Office, uh, the FBI considers traditional Catholics as a domestic terrorist threat. And they were investigating there in Virginia. Well, this, as you can imagine, raised some pretty incredible anger and ire from the American public, including a lot of people, myself included, who aren't even Catholic, who said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait one minute. That's no good. We got to talk about this. The, the FBI, the Department of Justice, is labeling traditional Catholics as domestic terrorists or potential domestic terrorists. Come on now. So, uh, of course, uh, hopping right into it, the uh, House uh, subcommittee on uh, the select subcommittee, excuse me, uh, on weaponization of federal government. This is coming out of the Committee on the Judiciary in the U.S. House of Representatives. They leapt on it and moved forward investigating just what had happened, uh, looking at this this wide net that's being cast, categorizing millions of Americans, Catholics, uh, uh, traditional Catholics, as domestic terrorists, and they released their report yesterday. I will link to it here, and we won't dive into it because we don't have uh, forever, and it is a pretty big document. we got about 30 pages here, I believe. Yeah, 30 pages. And uh, the the Subcommittee on Weaponization of Federal Government has done an excellent job uh, running down what has happened here, what they have looked into testimony, internal documents, uh, all of the things that they have learned along uh, the way, and then these errors, as they title them, errors at every step of the drafting, review, approval, and removal process of this memorandum from the FBI. It, it of course, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of, there we go, that's the end of the story, is that it was, in fact, pulled, they removed this memo, uh, but the fact that it was even out there in published, let alone draft form, this is beyond troubling. Well, here's what made the big news today. Um, um, this this memo comes out yesterday. This memo from the Select Committee on Weaponization uh, comes out yesterday. Today, the Senate had an opportunity to talk about it. Uh, and it, in fact, uh, uh, Christopher Ray was in front of the Senate uh, committee today answering questions on terrorism. In fact, I saw um, he, he there's a few articles out. He was in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee talking about uh, the terrorist threats that face uh, the United States today. He was specifically referring to things uh, post October 7, the attack in Israel. In fact, what, what was it? The phrase he used blinking lights everywhere. He testified that there are blinking lights everywhere that they're seeing with, uh, you know, 
possible uh, terrorist uh, threats and different things here in the U.S. That's a reference, by the way, um, an analogy um, about 9-11, um, that all the lights were blinking red before 9-11. But, you know, Lindsey Graham's asking him about the threat matrix that we face and uh, all the things that are happening. But Josh Hawley, God bless Josh Hawley, my senator here from the great state of Missouri, took the opportunity to take Christopher Ray to task over this FBI Richmond memo on the Catholic Church. And I, when I say take to task, I mean, Josh Hawley rained down hellfire upon this bureaucrat <laughs> in front of the cameras. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can see that these uh, members of committees are, are definitely just having their grandiose moment in front of the cameras. Other times you can tell they're mad. Something has made them mad. And I am firmly of the opinion that the anger and frustration that Josh Hawley unleashed, which I, we're going to link to this video, too, because I can't even do it justice. You, you need to see it. So go go to social media. You're listening on the radio. Go to social media at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter. We're going to post it there. Uh, go to the show notes, ProAmericaReport.com. But you got to see this video. Uh, Josh Hawley absolutely unleashed fury upon Christopher Ray, demanding to know what had happened, why people were or if people were fired over this. And then when Christopher Ray gave a very long answer in, in the summation of no, Josh Hawley said, why not? Why not? And I think that this is probably an excellent example of righteous anger, righteous indignation. You study politics much, you see that that's actually a principle that can be used across debate. You don't lose your cool, except, and that big except, especially in the world of politics and debate, when something is worthwhile over. I tell you what, I think that Josh Hawley's anger unleashed at Christopher Ray today in uh, in the Senate Judiciary Committee over this this uh, FBI memo out of Richmond on on Catholics, uh, traditional Catholics in America being domestic terrorists. I think that this righteous indignation and fury is absolutely representative of the vast majority of Americans who would say to this memo, hold on, wait a minute, pump the brakes. You are labeling my friends and family and neighbors, these people who exercise their free uh, right to uh, to to worship God as they see fit. This huge population section of the United States, you're labeling them because of that belief, potentially domestic terrorists? Come on now. Come on now. It is absolutely shocking. And the deeper you go into it, the more shocking it becomes that this is something coming out of our federal government and people aren't raising hell over it. I think it's time for that. And I think that Josh Hawley's response is not over the top. I think that it's indicative of the moment that we are in in America and what our response needs to be. We need to respond with the righteous indignation, the righteous fury and the wrath of we the people, we the citizens to hold this government accountable and bring it back into check. The administrative state is run amok and it is just proof that through their bureaucratic minions, big government is going to make moves now. They are making moves now to label people who would be pro-freedom and anti anti-statist, anti-authoritarian, to label them as terrorists, to move forward to a place where they can rid society of our independence from big government. That's what they're doing. That's what you need to know. I think it's important. It is a moment that we are in, and you need to go and watch this video, and then go and take a look at the report from the House subcommittee yesterday. It's worth your time. That's what you need to know. Uh, on that note, we're going to head to a break here. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com, sign up for the email list, check out all of the links and resources, including these two things that I've just referenced here, Holly's video and the original subcommittee uh, on weaponization report, and come on back right after the break here. We're going to dive into it with our first guest. Thank you for 
being here, and we will see you right back here on the Pro-America Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, Interesting topic. I've been reading some of what was sent to me in preparation for this. You talk about changes and how people are adjusting to uh, life uh, in our economy. Uh, And one of them is real estate and how people are choosing to rent, choosing to buy houses. I'm talking about homes. There are some some evidence that some of the larger uh, uh, multinational corporations are buying up homes that they can then rent. Uh, mortgage rates are up. Well, our next guest is the CEO of IB Global. His name is Elon Braca, and he is uh, the uh, in the middle of the real estate uh, brokerage, and both as an advisor, as a mega broker, and especially up in New York City, which is a huge uh, luxury real estate market, which is billions and billions of dollars. So, so first of all, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, great to have you. Yeah. So, so um, first, when in a mar- in a luxury market like Manhattan, does it ever really get depressed? In, in other words, is there is there a real downturns, or is it just uh, sort of uh, different turns? You know, so so the luxury market in general, in any real estate, it's like it's a game of supply and demand. Okay. Right. So there is different packets in the city and different packets in America in general. That you can see that, you know, uh, sometimes you have more demand, less supply, and then driving the market. You see the transaction level really driven by, by the supply and demand. Then you take all the impact of the other stuff like uh, liquidity, uh, finance, uh, rate, um, uh, changing in a specific area. There's somewhere in, if you go global market, it's, uh, it's definitely, there is a huge impact when you go to the luxury, ultra luxury market. Where can I put my money in a safe place when there is a global change? Like something like a big war or what's happening right now, you know, in the war in the Ukraine and also in the Middle East, which is in Israel. It's very, the uncertainty, it's even higher. Uh, our guest is uh, Elon Brock. I, I, I'm very to lead a little bit. He's been uh, named the number one real estate broker in New York City, number two nationwide. You might have seen him over on CNBC and other places. So uh, again, um, so back to this question we started out at. Uh, Young, wealthy young Americans are renting instead of buying. That seems totally counter to what if you have the money, you get in, own your, especially your home, and as an investment, as sort of the investment. Why would it be that they're renting more? That, that's a great point. So what we see lately, um, a young generation in their 20s, 30s, they, they and making money, like they, they got the money, they have a great job or great business, and they accumulate the good wealth, and they decided to rent and put their money to work. And in a way, they're still in real estate. They're buying real estate mm-hmm. and renting it out, and then they go themselves and renting a property. So they actually like rent and rent. It's not like they're way of the real estate game. They are in the real estate game, but in a different way. And, and by doing it, they actually have a flexibility and also many, many other things like in the t- taxes wise, like they can benefit from so many uh, ways in taxes wise, uh, by just renting and being an investor and then renting for themselves uh, on a personal level. 
So we see it a lot right now. It's like it's it's got you know stronger and stronger, and you know it's we, it's I think at my point of view, it's a very smart way of doing it. You put your your money to work, you're still in the game. Yeah. Uh, our guest again is uh, Elon Braca. When he says uh, how to put your money to work, uh, you, you real successful real estate uh, investors and success of real estate, successful real estate people. That's really what they know how to do is how you, you use your money. Your money works for you um, in this economy. Uh, Elon Braca, again, our guest um, in this economy. A lot of people are trying to say it's a strong economy. Uh, income is excuse me. Uh, unemployment is you know, pretty low. Um, if you want a job, you can get a job. It may not pay as much as you want it to pay. That's a different problem, I think. That's one of the things. But there's a lot of talking points now that, oh, you know, the economy is is strong. Is the economy strong? You, you know, you would have a, a be on the front end in some ways because of, of what you see on sales and uh, on uh, especially uh, on real estate. What, what's your sense of the economy? And not just in New so, York, where you are so successful, but in the country. So in general, when you're looking at it's it's a matter of a confidence. When you get into real estate buying yeah. uh, or selling, it's a it's a matter of confidence. So right now there is very low confidence on the street, and the big reason is the last year was, you know, um, many events of changing rate. So the rate changed by five point. Mm-hmm. You know, so five percent. Think about it. That people used to get two point seven five. Now they're like over seven, touching eight. Yep. You know, it's it's a very it's a fundamental huge change that haven't been for for like decades. Mm-hmm. The the biggest the biggest uh, uh, challenge that I see. You know, when most September eleven, there was a one big event. When there was two thousand eight, it was a giant big event. But this year was like constantly like a 12 little, not little, but little waves that's creating a massive wave of, 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 of destruction and took the confidence out. So it's a little different than before. Nothing that's we experienced before. And yeah. therefore people like in shock, they're constantly in shock. And I feel right now, um, uh, you know, maybe, you know, in 2024 election year and also like maybe rates will come down a little bit. That's who bring a huge confidence on the street and you see another cycle coming in. Now it could be six months, could be two years. Uh, yeah. but, but the confidence built by people, you know, like at least, uh, when people feel like there is a more certainty, not the price, think about it. It could be tomorrow still seven or six percent and you will have confidence on the street. Mm-hmm. It's not about the numbers as much as like they need to know feel. that yeah. the, yeah, the certainty, you, the yeah, certainty of like, yeah. And what's coming, uh, our, again, our guest is uh, the real estate brokerage mogul, and he's the CEO of IB Global, Elon Braca. Um, uh, and I, and I, I'm public, my, my radio show, I talked to ProMerica Report a lot about uh, how I think uh, the Trump policies were better for us primarily, actually. The number one thing was the, the energy independence, in my mind. It, it, it ripples through the economy, but also... I think people felt more competent, even if Washington and and the media obsessed over Trump. People felt like, well, there's somebody on our side. I, it, it is, and and it doesn't feel that way now. And I'm not asking you to take a position on the candidates, but I'm saying, is it possible that an election in 2024 could could change that mindset so much? When you just said it's not so much the number, because if you went back to 1982, you know, 16% would have been a good rate because other people charging 18%. Now you might be charging, you know, touching eight, as you said, feels bad compared to 2.75. But if you feel good about what's coming, you you probably think, you know, that's pretty, that's not, that's not too expensive, that money. So is an election 
Can an election, one election, change the confidence? Is that where we are in this country right now? And do you feel like that's, you know, a, 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 a good a good outcome? It it's really depends on the message, right? You know, it, depends, it doesn't matter which one, which direction you're taking. What kind of a message will be? And it's not anymore just the local message. It's a very much global right now based on what's happening. So the message of the whoever is going to win in the front, they have to be a stronger message than before, ever. Like because of the, the so many impact that's happened in the last uh, year. You know, it's a, yeah. and in order to bring this kind of a confidence, the message needs to be very, very clear. Where we going, where we are. And it's okay to say we made a mistake. It's okay that we can, but people open right now to do it to, to a change. And it could be, you know, a change for what it was or a change for whoever is in right now. But the change needs to be, I think, more about the clarity. It needs did, to be did, like did, to feel like yeah. to feel America strong yes. and to feel like we're going we we take control. Do you, so, do, you, do you? I just have a minute left. But do you think that? Am I right to think that a driver all through the economy, even real estate, is energy costs? Yeah, for sure. Look what's happening right now. It's like uh, I think the whole uh, movement of what's happening. Listen, I'm an Israeli-born support of Israel. And what's happening in the Middle East right now, that they move, you know, America supporting. It's just to show confidence. We, we there. Therefore, you see the oil is coming down because mm-hmm. you have a strong message. We are here. Right. We take control. Right. So there is many things that like, if the oil is up and inflation is up, it, it's terrible. Who wants to get there? That's like the, the worst case uh, mm-hmm. scenario. Right. So right. for them to control energy right now, it's, it's the biggest uh, thing. So let's see what's going to happen. But, you know, we're all watching, you know, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it is on a daily basis and wishing the best. You know, yeah. for... so it's, a, it's a big it's a big moment. Well, th- uh, we're out of time. Thank you, uh, uh, Elon Abraka, uh, for your insight. Again, Elon Abraka is a uh, CEO and a founder of his own organization, IB Local, his company. Also, the Braca team, a real estate brokerage uh, advisory team in New York City, considered one of the great uh, salesmen of real estate in New York and across the country. Uh, great perspective. We have to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest, he's been with us before, is his name is Joe Allen. He's the author of a book, Dark Eon, Transhumanism and the War Against Humanity. Uh, he's written in Chronicles, one of my favorites. Also, Human Events, Federal, it's all over the place. He's a writer, creative guy, and uh, his book is available anywhere you get uh, books. Uh, I'm looking at it up on uh, on um, uh, Amazon. Uh, Steve Stephen K. Bannon did an introduction to that, so that tells you a little bit where he is. So, um, listen, Joe, Oh, I saw this flag for me by one of your folks, uh, Elon Musk, talking about AI. And of course, Elon Musk does a lot of stuff really well, creatively, interestingly. In the middle of X, he's got Grok, he calls it, named it. It's his AI that they're going to have. There's uh, ChatGPT's gotten so much attention. He made this kind of prediction, um, a typical him, uh, that he, sort of human ending. AI is a human ending. What's going on here? And is he provocative for conversation? Is he serious in this context? What's your thoughts on this? Give me some context. 
Well, yes, uh, it was must have been four or five days ago now. Uh, he was at the Deal Book uh, Summit yeah. uh, hosted by the New York Times talking to Andrew Ross Sorkin. And uh, people, of course, latched on to the, uh, the fact that at the, the opening he told Bob Iger to go F himself. Yeah. And that was super cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that's everybody paid attention to that. But in the middle of that conversation, he was talking about artificial general intelligence, AGI, or artificial godlike intelligence. And twice in the conversation, he said that they are building digital god and uh when asked how soon uh, agi or digital god would arrive he uh updated his most recent prediction uh to say that in less than three years we'll see artificial general intelligence uh that's a very remarkable claim so uh my own view on it views differ you know i don't think anyone really knows he would be the first to say no one really knows when this is going to happen, if ever. But uh, I would say that my own sense is that Elon Musk is very, very aggressive with his predictions and his reasons are uh, obscure to me other than my own speculation. But my speculation is he's both very serious about his fears of the danger of this. He's also very serious about uh, sniping at his competitors at OpenAI. Then he's also very serious about positioning himself is a kind of savior, a figure in all of this. And he is himself working hard to produce AGI, to produce digital God. So it's a complex situation, but uh, should you expect your phone to begin issuing prophecies uh, within three years? Uh, it already is. So uh, mm-hmm. we're already there. It just isn't powered by an AGI, at least not an AGI that anybody has openly declared. Well, and that's what I was going to say. It's one thing to get... Um high, high speed computers, right? Super speed uh, along with um, once you get super speed, you're going to get uh, basically, you know, Google on steroids. And, you and you know, even in the last five years, Joe, we're talking with Joe Allen again, uh, the author uh, of the book, uh, a, a Dark Eon, a Transhumanism and the War Against Humanity. Um, and, you know, I- even in like five years, people would say, oh, I remember this. Oh, you know, you'll never really get dictation to work that well, you know, and suddenly now you can pretty you can get dictation and it's learning how to be better at it it's learning your foibles so it's it's better and better but that's not intelligence right i mean that's the thing here joe it's not so are, are we headed towards something when musk alludes to this that is truly transformative or or is this is the speed going to feel like it's transformative you see my point on the difference I do. I, I do think that, um, I mean, it's already been profoundly transformative. I mean, arguably, it's been profoundly transformative for the last 10,000 years. Um, and definitely, as you say, five years, over the last five years, uh, these technologies have uh, skyrocketed, everything from genetic engineering to brain-computer interfaces to the AI field uh, as a whole. So um, unless that just stops, something's going to happen, you know? It's, and, and, and even if it does stop, a lot of this transformation is going to be a matter of adoption. How how much more widely distributed does it become? How much more reliant do people become on it? 
Um, you know, just real quick to the question of intelligence. It is a thorny one. It's a really complicated question. Um, I, my own definition or idea of intelligence is uh, the perception of realities and the ability to perceive them through consciousness uh, that goes well beyond the brain and goes into the divine realms. Now, that's not something you want to bring up in some sort of academic dissertation and have to defend. Um, and and certainly transhumanists or the uh, kind of uh, you know AI uh, aficionados, they don't go with that definition. Their definition, I and mean, there, there are many definitions, but the 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 one that really uh, strikes me is one that Ray Kurzweil, for instance, goes with yeah, architect yep. of the concept of the singularity. It's um uh, it's problem solving. You have a, a problem. You have information about the problem. Uh, what system can extract the uh, information that solves the problem? So in that regard, uh, AI, like the narrow AIs we see now that can do genome sequencing, that can do battlefield uh, reconnaissance, uh, that can pilot drones to a specific target and kill someone, uh, that is intelligence. It's just not full fleshed out intelligence. It's a very narrow cognitive module. Um, that artificial general intelligence would be uh, a, a, a being, a, a program that has many, many domains, perhaps all relevant human don domains, and perhaps domains that humans don't even have. Again, artificial godlike intelligence, a, 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 an intelligence that can you know, fluidly move from one domain to the other or multiple domains simultaneously. Um, that would be, you know, to say the least, that would be profoundly transformative. But um, and, and much more so than the narrow AIs that we have right now. But again, let's just say tech progress plateaus tomorrow, everything, all of it. If you take the top of the line of what we know exists right now uh, and just wait for it to become distributed across society, you already have a, a full fledged cyborg. Uh, we're talking with Joe Allen. I buried the lead a little bit. Of course, many of our listeners will know Joe from his uh, role as a host on The War Room, uh, Steve Bannon's War Room. Uh, but he is the an author and a prolific author on, in various places. And this book is Dark Eon, Transhumanism and the War Against Humanity, out just a couple months ago and is actually a publication of War Room books. Um, so, Joe, um, if it's if it's a cyborg already... Um, nobody's saying resist it. Uh, and so what did, what does Musk mean, um, in his prediction that, uh, you know, that it's human ending? I guess that's sort of Musk hyperbole and, and free marketing that you pay, you start thinking about what he said. He just means that it's, it's a change, right? He doesn't mean we're ending or does he? You know, there's different ways to, to, to look at this, this idea that um, humanity is under threat by artificial intelligence. One narrative, and it is a very common one. You hear it all the time. You know, you don't have to look too far in New York Times, Washington Post, Daily Mail, or even tabloids like the, the Star uh, to, to see predictions of from, you know, certified experts, you know, godfathers of the field like Jeffrey Hinton saying these systems should they surpass human intelligence, will be a direct threat to human existence as a whole. They will kill us. They will enslave us. They will displace us. All of these sorts of things. That's right. a very, very common narrative. And it's, in fact, the narrative that is uh, the justification for uh, beefing up the federal government to become a big part of this. So that's, we'll bracket that for a moment. Uh, another way of looking at it, though, the real uh, you know, one, the, the most immediate war against humanity is the war against the very concept of the human, what a human being is. And so with Elon Musk, uh, his proposed response to the threat 
of uh, an AI that would enslave or kill us all or just simply make us irrelevant uh, is to upgrade the human, to become transhuman beyond the human and to do so by way of devices such as his Neuralink, which he hopes to be a commercial device, which, as he told Netanyahu about a month and a half ago, something, something like that, he told Netanyahu that uh, he thinks that if hundreds of millions or billions of people have a brain implant in order to connect their minds into a collective sort of hive mind, a sort of digital beehive, that um, that, that collective would be sufficient to challenge any uh, autonomous artificial super intelligence that might threaten us. So in both cases, in one, you have the end of humanity as in you have just a big pile of ash. In the other one, uh, you have the end of humanity because you now have a human being who is jacked into a system that can read every neuron in the brain is the goal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fascinating, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm out of time. You know how this goes because you do it. I'm I'm up against a hard deadline. Uh, Joe Allen. Fascinating. It's it's really interesting. And so many of these questions. It's interesting that Joe Allen himself has a background in theology as well as technology. And uh, his book, Dark Eon, Transhumanism and the War Against Humanity. Check it out. Forward from Steve Bannon and available anywhere you get books. We've got to take a break, everybody. And I'll put a link up to Joe's uh, social media. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the ProMark Report. Back in a this is the phyllis schlafly report a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of phyllis schlafly now the president of phyllis schlafly eagles ed martin Voucher programs have long been a proposed solution to improve the quality of schools by introducing free market principles. Recently, voucher proposals have gained significant traction in several states. A new voucher program this year in Iowa has resulted in applications exceeding all projections. The Iowa law allows families to take $7,600 per student from public school funding to spend on an accredited private school. Despite skepticism by many conservatives, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas staked his political future on enacting his own voucher plan. Public school teachers came out so strongly against giving parents vouchers to redeem at private schools that they were even willing to forego the raises that they had been demanding. Senate Bill 1 was introduced on the first day of a special session called for that purpose, with State Senator Brandon Creighton as its author. The bill would provide up to $8,000 in taxpayer-funded vouchers for families to pay private educational expenses, which could include tutoring, homeschooling, textbooks, transportation, and uniforms in addition to tuition. Simultaneously, Senate Bill 2 was introduced to provide billions of dollars in raises to Texas public school teachers. Boosted by revenue from higher oil prices and many Americans moving to the Lone Star State, Texas enjoys a surplus of $19 billion in its upcoming fiscal year. Tapping that surplus, $5.2 billion in new funds would be allocated to public schools, mostly to increase teacher salaries. But Democrats united against raising teacher pay if the trade-off is vouchers in any form. There are approaches other than leaving low-performing public schools, including Donald Trump's proposal to allow parents to fire public school principals who tolerate poor outcomes or bad behavior. 
However, the lockstep opposition to vouchers by Democrats, by teachers unions and the other leftist cabals should be a strong indicator of how much the left fears the idea of giving families true educational choice. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The liberal agenda is corrupting classrooms in colleges and schools across the country. If you're a parent, teacher, or administrator who really cares about our children, we promise to keep you informed at phyllisschlafly.com. And let us hear from you at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hey, welcome back to the Pro-America Report. <clears throat> this is Ryan Hyde, pardon me, stepping in here to wrap out the show, wrap up, close out. But uh, I am here to wrap it up, here to bring you uh, a last little tidbit, which uh, we had a couple of you know, we had a couple of really good interviews there. I don't want to distract from those, but I do want to bring back one thing, uh, a little bit of, a, of the other side of the coin from our wink today, our what you need to know. We talked about the DOJ, FBI, uh, people trying to bring to bear some answers and some consequences for their absolutely outrageous activities against traditional Catholics in America, or at least their outrageous memos, even if they didn't ever put legs to any of it. Uh, but I tell you what, the other side of the coin is just so disappointing. As much as the DOJ and the FBI is going after some Americans, <laughs> it is laughable how they're trying to protect their own. Oh my gosh, it's laughable. Uh, here, let me, well, before, let me, we'll dive into this. I got a couple of articles, and we will link these in the show notes. But by way of that, let me remind you, head to ProAmericaReport.com, also PhyllisLaffley.com. You'll be able to pick up these links uh, or go over to social media at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter. You will find these. Uh, and of course, that's where you can also get all of the podcasts, the standalones with our wonderful guests. But a couple of links will drop there. Uh, as much as the FBI is persecuting those who practice their religion freely, uh, supposedly freely, used to be freely, the Constitution says freely, but not the Department of Justice. Oh, no. You know why? Because the Catholic Church is no Hunter Biden. Uh, the Catholic Church is no big guy. Uh, big, big guy Joe Biden, President of the United States. Oh, dear. Uh, a new House report uh, is showing... Uh, or rather, I guess I should say, a new House report is asserting uh, the continued special treatment that the Department of Justice, the FBI, is giving to Hunter Biden. Uh, even as Jim Jordan tells us that the House is moving forward with their uh, potential Biden impeachment inquiry vote, they're even going uh, ahead uh, despite a court challenge that's uh, currently working its way through. But the Biden family's foreign business dealings are just... Uh, well, I mean, at a bare minimum, we could say they are certainly not above reproach. <laughs> and I think that's putting it lightly. But a 77-page interim report was just released by the House Judiciary uh, Ways and Means and Oversight and Accountability Committees uh, talking about the, uh, the Biden Justice Department's purported commitment to impartial justice. So just like we talked in this first segment about how they are going after traditional Catholics, going after people who believe in freedom, freedom of religion, the Constitution, a higher authority than the state itself. How dare they, you religious weirdos. I'm sarcat. This is sarcasm. To be abundantly clear, you can't see me right now, but I want to make sure you understand that sarcasm. As much as they'll go after all of these people who believe in a higher power, who believe in the original, uh, the original intent of why America exists, the search to worship freely, to live freely outside of the thumb of authoritarian government, here come the authoritarians, not just to punish those who oppose them, but to shield and protect those who are their friends, those who are their informants, those who are their money makers, the Hunter Bidens of the world who head out and make sure that the big guys get their cut and then the big guys keep employing.
employing these same uh, whack jobs like Christopher Ray, who at this point, I believe, has no business being the head of any federal agency, uh, let alone the Federal Bureau of Investigation. He's making a joke, a laughable joke of our justice system. It's embarrassing. Uh, there I go. I'm, I'm cashing in on the Josh Hawley righteous anger and indignation again, which, again, I, th- I think represents quite well what most of us ought to be feeling looking at this. But uh, here it is. The Biden Justice Department has engaged in a cover-up. The House has found a cover-up of the Hunter Biden case after several IRS whistleblowers came forward earlier this year, after a mountain of evidence has presented itself at, at more than questionable, more than um What's the word we're looking for? It is more than a conflict of interest, more than a possible uh, link from the Biden family to foreign governments. And yet they're covering this up. They're shielding this. And and, and where where is the mass movement to tear this apart? Isn't this what the let? And again, you and I both know that it was um, outrage for the sake of outrage because they hated their political opponent. But wasn't this what everyone uh, on the left complained about Donald Trump for foreign connections? Uh, Really? Have 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 they just so much confidence in their own narrative that they can demand all of the sudden that there is no there there for the Biden family? And yet Trump was guilty of the Russia, 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 Russia hoax with our now best friend Ukrainians at that time. Give me a break. Give me a break. Um, This is just it is a double standard uh, that is insulting to anyone of intelligence, to anyone who is paying attention and to every single one of us as American citizens, people who have come here or were born here. But the folks who uh, submit themselves to this great American experiment, the folks who come into it, the folks who are preserving it, the folks who are fighting for it, every single one of us uh, from every corner of the globe here and without that are trying to uphold this system, this this uh, federal constitutional republic, they are insulting us with this protection of their friends and cronies, even while they persecute and label as terrorists those people who practice their faith publicly. How dare they? Uh, It it really does add insult to injury when you combine it with this push that the FBI's had uh, to try to label conservative groups or, again, anti-authoritarian groups as terrorists. It's disgusting. Uh, But that's where we are. That is where we are. And the more that we don't talk about it, the more that we don't make sure this goes everywhere possible according to the strength and reach of our individual voices and collective together the more they're going to get away with it so don't let them get away with it go look at these uh, articles take a look at what's happening and tell everyone don't let them have their double standard it is absolutely offensive to the american citizen to the constitution itself to you and me we cannot let them get away with it uh and i I did this is this is a call to action make no mistake i'm not trying to end on a sour note we can still do something about it i firmly believe and we must so thank you for being a part of that, for being a part of the solution, being here and listening to the program, faithfully talking about this and understanding more of it. Thank you, uh, dear listener, for being with us. Thank you to Ed for hosting this for a couple of great interviews today. And thank you, of course, to Mason, uh, my colleague and co-host, or co-host, my colleague and co-producer for being with me and keeping uh, keeping the trains on time here, like Ed uh, likes to say. We appreciate it so much. I appreciate it. Glad to be with you today. Go and look it up, ProAmericaReport.com, and we will see you back here tomorrow on the Pro-America Report. Three
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.